0: Friday, August 20th, 2021, day six, part B. 9.15 a.m. I got a decent night's sleep with some weird-ass dreams. And the one before I woke up, I recall sitting at a picnic table with my sister and some of her friends. And they were talking about the half marathon the next day. I looked up at my sister and asked, I signed up for that too? I totally forgot. And then I said, okay, I guess I'll still do it. It'll be hard, but I'll be fine. I've done them before last minute, and it went fine. Whew. And with sleepy eyes and a fuzzy brain, I sat on the toilet trying to differentiate my dream state from reality and asked myself, have I actually done last minute races without training? No, I've never done that. And thank God I don't really have a half marathon tomorrow. This is like such a feeling of relief. But I really like my level of confidence in myself in my dream. It will be hard, but I'll be fine. I think I could carry that forth into my awake day. The guy who I'm not sure about his humor texted again with a meme of a dog meditating. And the meme was personalized to me because it said, wishing you a restful day, Jennifer. So like, he made the meme for me. And then he wrote, oh, and since you didn't bring it up, I will yes the piano playing dog is male and the meditating dog is female much to unpack there but not now you need to rest okay disclaimer of sorts dry humor doesn't always work via text but i trust you know that oh, Whoa, what i don't understand any of this why are the dogs gendered why is that funny? I mean, I get it. We all have different senses of humor and finding someone we match with isn't always easy, but damn, it's uncomfortable. And it's not only not funny to me, but I don't even get it. I don't really know how to respond except with an LOL. 10.44 a.m. Whoa, Nelly. I've been reading through a thread on social media about a well-known man in my field and his personal growth and responsibility work around abuse allegations and misuse of power allegations against him as a sexuality professional. He hired people to create this whole ongoing process that is intended to center the experiences of the survivors and people who have filed complaints and take a community justice and restorative approach to these claims within this specific sexuality professional community. I know some of the players involved and those commenting online, but I'm not in these groups per se. Over the years at conferences, I've gotten a sense of different sexuality professional groups, their personalities, professionally and personally, and I've just never found a group that overall felt like my people, who I totally vibe with. So I'm kind of in the periphery of many groups, but I can learn a lot by reading their views and posts on these complicated topics online. The reason I'm writing about this here is that it's relevant to this whole topic of sexual energy, awareness of it, the vitality of it, one's responsibility around it, the much too easy abuse of power around it. One of the main issues is the hooking up between adult sex education teachers and their adult students, and the potential abuse of that power. I do have to say my dislike of casual sexual interactions and not feeling like I belonged in these groups has kept me from participating in any of the sex parties or contexts where these situations sometimes occur. So yay for my lower sex drive and being more of a demisexual because it's kept me away from this always evolving messiness. 3.28 p.m. I'm driving home right now from a wonderful three-hour lunch and conversation with a father and son. The father I've been friends and colleagues with for 15 years, but I've only recently become more acquainted with his son, who I think is just a little younger than me. I have permission to use their names here. Nick, the dad, is in his late 60s, I think, maybe early 70s, and Jesse is his son. They live in different homes on the same small plot of land, and they've been renovating the whole thing. They are truly gifted in creating beautiful and welcoming spaces. And Nick is actually the photographer I referenced earlier who created the Petals coffee table book. And he and his wife at the time then created the second Petals book that I'm in. I hadn't talked to Nick in quite a while, but had called him recently when I was working on my Cuomo sexual energy blog. And then I ended up speaking on the phone with Jesse for the first time that same day about the sex and vulnerability online survey I'm conducting this summer. Because of those conversations, we decided the three of us should get together and hang out and discuss all of these topics and much more. So we did today. And it was such a delightful and comfortable and interesting and yummy afternoon. I'm using my voice recorder on my phone to take notes right now as I drive home because I... Just feel so passionate about it. Jesse is creating workshops for dating men to help them be present with women and empathetic to women and genuinely listen on their dates. He wants to create learning spaces for men to know how to not take anything from women, but to approach women in dating from a service oriented, giving kind of energy. I think it's beautiful what he's creating. And I shared that I've Almost never had that experience on a first date with a man who is truly grounded and present and healthy in that way. Jesse was saying about how both he and his dad get to really sexually enjoy women. Not together, just to clarify. Because they want to know the women, like them, and connect with them. It's less about what any individual woman looks like and much more about the essence of who she is and her energy, which they get to tap into because they create safe spaces for women and come from that service-minded perspective that really is about honoring women. They were both talking about this so earnestly and honestly, and I started tearing up. Because I so rarely have experienced with or from a man that kind of reverence and emotional safety and knowledge and how to genuinely create a space like that, a space that's so honoring to me as the woman I am, that my sexual energy can then just naturally run wild and unfurl itself. Just too often it feels like a man's sexual energy is trying to take something from me. Instead of that level of respect and cherishing that Nick and Jesse were describing, which requires emotional openness, connection, and knowing. It was a really great conversation about sexual energy, and they offered me some new perspectives from their experiences. I learned that Nick lived next door to the actor William Defoe and did a photography dissertation on him. William Defoe was talking about taking acting roles and really dropping into the characters. And Nick asked if he was afraid of losing himself. And Defoe said, no, you only truly find out who you are by becoming other people. And this feels so relevant to this idea of channeling a sexual archetype this week. My understanding of this is that by trying on a new role... You can reflect back and see your own boundaries and your identity of who you are and want to be, which you can't know if you don't step outside the bounds of yourself, which I definitely feel like I'm doing this week. 6.24 p.m. Cove hit dance class Friday was fun and funny and exercising felt easier today. I even thought while I was leading the abs portion and doing our first exercise of crunches that maybe I could feel good in my sexual energy while exercising. It didn't feel distracting or make me judge my body with self-consciousness, but it felt invigorating, like it was connected to the physical power of my body, which I guess for many folks it is. It just isn't usually for me, or maybe it just hasn't been in a long time. I could see all my sexual energy wasn't a detriment or distraction. It was just open and fun and I was appreciating my body. I wonder too if the rigorous parts today felt a little easier because I'm moving into my ovulatory phase of my cycle. Hmm. And it occurred to me that you might be thinking that my sister is a fitness instructor of sorts, which she most certainly is not. She's an architectural and civil engineer. And to get a sense of her personality, I like to tell people that she makes up quirky and totally fun and funny exercises for us and likes to eat homemade chocolate chip cookies for dinner. She's pretty much the opposite of the yoga and fitness instructors common to Southern California, and we really appreciate the hell out of that difference. And a quick story about me leading the abs portion of these classes, which I've been doing since the beginning. I was on a bonfire date, first date with a guy in the fall of 2020. So it was about 10 months ago or so. It was a beautiful fire and the setting was on the Bay Beach and it was windy and chilly. So we were both wearing sweaters and bundled up. We started talking about sports and hiking and exercise. So I mentioned that I've been doing the HIIT classes with my sister and some friends since COVID shut down in mid-March and how I led the abs portion of the class. He totally perked up with excitement. Oh, yeah? Oh, hell, I thought. This dude now has this visual in his head of what my abs look like, which is probably the flat chiseled abs of a 26-year-old Pilates instructor in a beach town, which is not me. So to put those expectations in check, I said, yeah, well, I've got strong abs, but you know, I'm a 47-year-old perimenopausal woman, so there's that. (laughs) So yeah, I most unceremoniously halted that potentially misguided flirting opportunity in its tracks. We did not have a second date. I'm eating some dinner and thinking that since it's Friday night and I don't have plans and I have a lot of typing and brainstorming I want to do on parts of this seven day challenge. I should go out to a bar and I'm thinking up in La Jolla, which is only 15 minutes up the coast from me, but it's fancier and nicer versus the more youthful 20 somethings laid back beach community of Pacific Beach where I live and pick a fun and nice looking place for a drink and work And it's been four nights since my last drink, so I feel good that I'm not overdoing that this week. All right, let's do it. 8 o'clock p.m. I'm sitting at Duke's Bar in La Jolla. Tonight I dressed in my new white linen pants, because that seems appropriate summer attire for La Jolla. And I'm wearing a simple black tank top with a turquoise necklace and a linen scarf. My new linen clothes are compliments of a new couple I became friends with this year in Austin. And I've got some casual summer platform sandals, a kind of jaunty dark gray hat. (laughs) Of course, I think all my hats are jaunty. And my purple glasses, no contact lenses tonight. And with a toe ring to top it all off because toe rings are still sexy, right? I have no idea if they are or not. After I parked, and oh my God, my dirty 12-year-old car with the seats that I sat sweaty and sandy in last night after beach volleyball, and now I'm wearing my new white linen pants... Ah, what's the old saying? You could take a girl out of her sweatpants, but you can't keep her clean. (laughs) Some saying like that. Anyway, after parking, I walked down the street repeating a mantra I created about Tully Hart. I am elegant, confident, open, and fun. I literally felt myself stand taller and walk with my shoulders back. And a smile crept across my face every time I thought the fun part. When I was telling Nick and Jesse this afternoon about my seven-day challenge that started as an archetype challenge but has continued to morph, Nick said, that archetype stuff totally works. I use it myself when I'm tired of being me. Don't you get tired of being yourself sometimes? Yes. Yes, I do. I really like me. But I also get tired of some of my patterns. And that's some of what this week is all about. I am elegant, confident, open... And fun. So, the first bar that I really wanted to go to, because it's an upscale cool hotel overlooking the ocean, didn't actually have seating at a bar anymore because of fucking COVID. There was other seating, but it looked to be all couples sitting in their own little areas and tables. Okay, next bar. Feeling a little defeated already. So, I'm returning to my mantra I am elegant, confident, open, and fun. Okay, that helped. Next bar was Duke, so I'm settled in here at the bar, drinking a glass of Riesling. I was going to get a cocktail, but I figured Tully Hart would get wine, but there's no chance that the red wine she would probably get is a good choice with me in these white linen pants. So, Riesling it is. There's a heavy marine layer, but it still feels like a summer night. I don't think this location is actually ideal for being able to meet men, because it's couples at the bar and groups of men at the tables away from the bar. But finding a bar with seating, with people in those seats and that is in more of an open space with fresh air coming in, isn't easy to find. I mean, I'm vaccinated, but I have upcoming travel for pleasure and for speaking, and I don't want any of that messed up by testing positive for COVID. Oh, shit. The not sure about his humor guy just texted, I haven't really responded to his dog messages. Okay, we're scheduling a time to talk this weekend. I told him that tonight I'm doing my fancy night out alone which feels odd to say that I'm not available tonight when I'm out alone. And then I'm choosing to sit alone, working and writing on flirting and cultivating my open sexual energy. (laughs) But this felt like something I needed to allow for myself tonight, or maybe truthfully to make myself do. So we'll schedule for tomorrow afternoon after volleyball or on Sunday sometime. I'm usually easy to schedule a call with, but I think I'm not jumping on this phone call because I fear it's going to require emotional and mental labor to keep it going. In that, I think he might be nerdy in a way. That he's socially odd. I tend to date kind of more nerdy men in that they're smart, engineers, or in health or tech-related fields. But they also have good communication skills. But this guy is still mentioning things about humor in his texts. Like he really cares about this, or he's been hurt or mismatched in the past. So he really wants to make sure the humor is part of the match. But it's odd. So I fear social awkwardness and having to carry the conversation. Goddamn, literally no one is sitting at the bar now. Should I flirt with the bartenders? I may not look so approachable because I'm typing away on my iPad with such fervor. Apparently people are only in this bar area waiting for their tables to open up. So I'm in the transitional space, not the let's hang out and meet a cool, elegant, fun new woman who is then going to write about the experience on her iPad. Oh, hell. The bar is basically closing starting at 8.30. I know this is all still part of the frickin' pandemic. But back to this afternoon with Jesse and Nick. We talked about COVID, anti-vaxxers, the woo-woo spiritual community in San Diego, men's groups, dating, differences in men's and women's desire levels, men making women feel safe and heard in dating situations, etc. And a lot of talk about sexual energy. That was an underlying theme to a lot of the conversations. At least it was for me. I felt really comfortable with these guys. I was intellectually stimulated and engaged, curious about their thoughts and perspectives, and felt listened to and heard. We shared difficult truths and thoughts on how to help keep couples having better sex and more sex if they want it. It was fun and easy being with them. And I noticed at one point that my sexual energy and heart both felt so open I felt cared for by their serving me lunch and Nick making dessert. And I felt respected for my knowledge and insights and their energies felt safe. And I'm reflecting on curiosity right now. That's something I think is important to my sexual energy to feel curious. I need to feel open and safe and intellectually interested. And feeling curious about a man is part of feeling attracted to him and interested in him. And when he does the same for me and to me, It feels so connecting. 8.39 p.m. Okay, just chatted with the bartender for a few minutes. He recently moved here from Nashville and loves living in San Diego. I can't believe the difference between what he makes as a bartender in San Diego versus what he made in Nashville. It's stunning. As he said, I'm happy to be in a progressive state, even though everyone warned me about the state taxes and expensive living. I'm really happy here. All right, back to reflecting on all the juicy conversations from this afternoon. I'm wondering how much of sexual energy is about vulnerability, like the best of sexual energy. Because it's not predatorial, not trying to take from someone else, but a shared, open, exploratory, respectful, fun experience with another human. There is a flow of sexual energy and everyone feels invigorated by it. Everyone feels the fun and vitality and connection. Nick and Jesse are not like, quote unquote, normal men in how they view women, sex, and sexual experiences. They both talked about being attracted to the essence of a woman once they've gotten to know her. Nick said that he could end up being sexually attracted to and connected to a woman who looked any different way because it's who she is once he gets to know her. And Jesse talked about his shift of viewing giving women pleasure and oral sex as a way to give them a gift. And that he now gets so much joy from that experience, even if before it would have felt like it was taking too long or maybe the woman would taste a bit off. He's excited about experiencing a woman's trust and release and pleasure. He really gets off on it, even in casual sexual encounters, but not one night stands. He doesn't like those because there's not enough time to build any emotional and mental connection felt a funny sadness in my chest and like I needed to cry when I was listening to him at this point. I felt the joy and appreciation he was describing and I envied it. I would love to be able to experience that in casual sexual settings instead of having pushy taking men as the norm. But if I want this for myself, can I create it? Can I cultivate my sexual energy and being in a way to attract and create this? I don't know, it takes two to tango, so sadly I'm not optimistic, but I like feeling like this is more possible. 9.23 p.m. I'm back out on the streets of La Jolla, making myself walk slowly with my shoulders back, going into a few art galleries that are open late, window shopping with the rest. I pop my head into a few restaurants I haven't seen before to get a sense of their vibe, I heard some live music, so I followed it to a tucked away Italian restaurant with outdoor seating in the passageway between retail stores that have closed for the night. I paused for a few moments, kind of bop into the music, and two of the band members looked up and grinned at me. It may sound a little cheesy, but I feel fancy and desirable right now, and that feels good. I realized that when I channel these feelings of elegant, confident, open, and fun— It always makes me slow the fuck down. I'm a really fast walker. I come from a family of fast walkers. We have long legs. And also because I usually prioritize efficiency, I see now that my sexual energy is definitely not about efficiency or productivity. I mentioned before about being a three on the Enneagram. And through the lens of the Enneagram, I realize how much I care about efficiency and productivity. And it makes me irritable and antsy sometimes when something thwarts that but dropping into my sexual energy and channeling Tully Hart, it's about slowing down and enjoying and appreciating my surroundings more. It feels so much more sensual. And I like it. 9.39 p.m. Oh, Jesus Christ. I was sitting on a toilet and I was just checking the Facebook dating app to look at the new men who are interested in me. And there's a dude who, who liked me who kind of looks like Putin. So I tried to scroll down and see and learn more on his profile to see if he is indeed Russian. But I friggin swiped right on him by accident. And I can't undo it. So now I matched with Putin. Shit. 10.54 p.m. I hadn't actually planned on stopping into another bar since I didn't want another drink and I had already eaten a salad for dinner. But then I realized it was a light salad. And I am a little bit hungry. And I walked by this one bar restaurant, which was hopping. It had a really busy bar area. So I stopped at the front desk and asked if they had desserts on the menu. And she showed me the options. And I had not had an ice cream mud pie in years. And there were a few seats open at the bar. So I headed over there. And just as I was sitting down, this guy shows up, like right next to me, to the extent that the bartenders actually thought we were together there and sitting down. There were four open bar stools in a row, and I took the third one, thinking he'd take the first one. But instead, he chose the seat right next to me. And I thought, okay, I guess we're sitting right next to each other. So we introduced ourselves and started chatting. And he's a a quirky fellow. Just moved to San Diego a month ago and looking for places to live. He talked almost the entire 90 minutes I was there. He apologized twice for that. And then did ask me some questions, just some generalities about my work, but nothing specific about me. But I have to say, I was thinking earlier today, that if a guy is not an obvious asshole, and if he's interesting in some way that's unique to me, that I can learn something new about, then I will willingly have a conversation with a guy who talks the whole time. Now, I actually would bet that this guy can be an asshole at times, and I'll give an example in a bit of his lack of social skills, and I'd put money on him being a five on the Enneagram, or even a little on the spectrum. He's my age. He just moved here from a mountain area, and I learned a ton about that area of the country and the people there. And the dude has got some innovative, creative, cutting-edge ideas. He's quirky and smart, and I was entertained hearing about topics I've never heard anyone else talk about. He ordered drinks and I ordered that mud pie and he was making comments like, you're going to eat that whole thing? That's a lot. Hence his questionable social skills. But he went on for a long time telling me about a somewhat prestigious place I should apply to to be a speaker. And he wrote down his email address and said if I run into problems to reach out to him and I'll see what he can do. He really thought that they would be interested in me and my ideas, although I have to say he didn't ask Anything specific about what I do or talk on. But he clearly could tell I was comfortable and knowledgeable about sexual topics. But I appreciated the idea, and I had my notebook and wrote some notes down. When he realized that I finished my whole dessert, he exclaimed, You ate that whole dessert? And then I'm thinking, go fuck yourself. But instead, but still honestly, I responded, I most certainly did, and it was delightful. His response? Well, I wouldn't say delightful. Maybe it was delicious. So then my thoughts returned to go fuck yourself. But then we were interrupted by one of the young bartenders who heard us talking about TED and TEDx talks and was inquiring about the ones I had given. So it was an unexpected and fun and interesting night. Not a love match by far, but interesting and fun in its own right. In a kind of curious and new way. So I'm glad I made myself go out alone to La Jolla and glad I popped in there for dessert. I mean, cause the mud pie was a goddamn delight.